Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 195 of Geekitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I am, of course, joined today by my good friend, Ray Vargas. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing good, Joe. What's up? Not much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that's a lie. All, all the things. All the things. Mm-hmm. Um, I go back onto campus on Wednesday. I don't have kids until next Monday, but I, I go onto campus on Wednesday. Do, have you been uh, visiting your classroom like regularly during this time, or is this going to be the first time you see your classroom in a while? Um, I last time I went on campus was in the end of February. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go on. I have a, I have a thing I have to do on Monday where as soon as school lets out, I'm I'm driving back out to the Covina area to do stuff with um, my mom. But um, but then Tuesday after after class lets out, I've got to run back up to campus and make sure that like they can do things like connect to the internet <laughs> <laughs> because you know I'm supposed to be teaching from from campus on Wednesday, so I don't want Wednesday morning to be the first time that I'm like trying to figure all that stuff out. And then and then yeah, it's just going to be on campus until about twelve fifteen, and then run home and conduct my my rehearsals and stuff from home. Okay. So uh, this was your first year at this new school, correct? Yes. So you got to spend, did you spend any time at the school with students yet? No, like literally. Whoa. This this Tuesday when I go on campus to make sure I can connect to the internet and get everything set up um, will be my third time on campus. And a week from Monday when I have my first students, and it may be first student uh, in my classroom, um, then I will, uh, it'll be my first time with students. I did meet a few of them over Christmas because I, I did that Secret Santa thing where I dropped off gifts for them, for each other. Yeah. Um, so we did that. So I know a few of my drama kids, but other than that, no, like this will be my first time meeting them. It'll be my first time meeting most of my faculty members. Uh, I haven't even really met the principal in in person. <laughs> so bizarre. It is so weird. Like I've I've so said to a couple weird. people that I would never, never recommend starting a new job in the middle of a pandemic because it's very yeah. disorienting. What are the odds? Like it just—it's it, just so bizarre that you would, after you know, uh, um, teaching at one school for so long, mm-hmm. and then you sort of you know finally uh, uh, having this this kind of change. What an odd time <laughs> for that to happen. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very strange. How about you? What's your week been like? Well, we're in the thick of final, or uh, I guess post midterms now, which means finals. <laughs> it's like you almost get no break. I feel like, um, so I have a painting due tomorrow, which, uh, my cats of course to pick now to play with a very loud toy that they never literally never. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that in the back. Just a little bit, but not, not as bad as okay, some good. of the, some of the pet, pet noise I've had on a podcast recently. <laughs> Oh really? Oh yeah, no, it's it's hilarious because in the middle of several of our um recordings for Cautious Optimism, which is our um sci-fi as dice roll campaign, uh Todd our GM has a dog and a cat 
and they they have taken turns on on episodes. Uh, one episode, the cat just caterwauled the entire episode. Like oh. in the background, he just started crying in the back of the. He's like, I don't know what I don't know what they want. <laughs> and then, um, and then another time, the dog, like with perfect pinpoint accuracy, every time Todd opened his mouth to say something, the dog squeaked his squeaky toy, like oh, every single time. So, you know, I just told him, you know, it's just going to be one of those episodes where you just hear a squeaky toy every time you speak. It's just, you know, there's something going on with the technology in the spaceship. It's fine. (laughs) Okay. I've got, I've got a a similar story. I have a coworker, uh, Amy, shout out Amy, who um, has a, uh, got a bird and uh, yeah, she, she named him beepers and hi beepers, shout out beepers and um, every zoom call. Yeah. Every single Zoom meeting. Yeah. Bless Amy and Beepers. But the bird is, you know, thinks that Amy's speaking to Kim. Uh-huh. So literally there's a screeching, screeching <laughs> chirp from the bird every time Amy starts talking. And I told Amy, you know, no, no offense, but at this point I've sort of associated your voice with that screeching <laughs> sound. <laughs> So I'm afraid that when we're back in the office, even when Beepers isn't around, your voice is just going to be grating like, to my ears. It's going to be like a Pavlovian response at this point. Um, yeah. And then, you know, my cats will will get in on that action as well sometimes. It, it's weird, though. It seems to be only at, you know, during important uh, um, virtual, you know, activity or three in the morning. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Three in the morning is also very popular business hours for cats for some reason. Uh, so, yeah, but okay, where was I? Um, so this week is, is I've got a painting due tomorrow and uh, I, I, you know, try to get as much as I can done during the week. But, you know, Joe, it can be really hard when you have other stuff going on and like the last thing on your to-do list sometimes just doesn't get done. Right. Uh, and gets getting pushed and pushed and pushed. So that can happen sometimes with painting. And that definitely happened this week. Um, so that means that the weekend suddenly becomes the, oh, shit, I need to make up for a week's worth of painting right. time. Right. So, so that's what I did yesterday. Excuse me. And that's what I'm going to be doing today. I'm trying to get this painting done for uh, for my final crit tomorrow. And then this coming Thursday, I have a um, a school-wide presentation uh that i'm gonna do which i'm a little nervous about but excited as well mm-hmm. um this this semester our student government alcat student government um shout out to nicole drost and, and student government um they've been putting on a series of faculty demos where they'll get somebody that works for alcat to come and demonstrate a skill like to the other artists to the to our you know art community mm-hmm. and um We've had a couple so far. They've been pretty cool. And so because I'm taking a class this semester where uh, where I have to give as an MFA student, I have to give two presentations anyway. Uh, the teacher was kind of like, hey, would you be open to working with, you know, student government and doing like a school wide presentation? And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. So uh, that's coming up this Thursday. And, uh, you know, just this as soon as I'm done with this painting, it's going to be all about building a slideshow from scratch and i'm sure you know what that's like Mm -hmm. it's just it's it's a lot of meticulous work you know what once the slideshow is built i'm gonna be golden right 
right? Because it's all there in front of you. And as a teacher, you know, all you need is the, 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 the uh, visual sort of guide and you know what you're going to talk about. Right, exactly. But building the slides and putting in, you know, editing and, and adding the correct videos at the certain times and building the imagery, all that takes time. Right. So that's what my week is going to be about. <laughs> Last week, it was about writing the writing the rundown. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I wanted to give everyone an idea of like, this is what I'm going to be speaking about. And to be honest, and again, I'm sure you can identify with this, Joe. I wasn't 100% sure what I was going to be speaking about until I sat down to actually write it and right. be like, what makes sense? You know, like, mm-hmm. what, what is, how is this going to flow? What topics am I going to cover and, and to what degree and that sort of thing? So I wrote an outline this past week and I sent that. Uh, in and it was approved. So this coming Thursday is going to be our presentation. I wish I could share it far and wide with the public, but it's it's. I think it's intended just for the Alcat community, for the students in particular. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be uh, demonstrating my techniques for how I incorporate um, printing processes into my oil paintings using digital and traditional materials. Oh wow. Yeah, I've gotten to a point in my creative output where I've been doing this for a while now. Ugh, that sounds so weird to say. Uh- <laughs> Dude, when I started telling people, yeah, like every when, at my new job, everybody was like, oh, so you're you're the new theater teacher. You Are you new to teaching? I'm like, no, I've been a, an English teacher for 15 years. I was like, oh, God, I've done something for 15 years. Like, how? How did that happen? Exactly. Exactly. I remember a couple years ago. God, though, maybe this is, yeah, yeah. You know, I, um, coming out of high school, I wanted to be a comic book artist. Mm -hmm. And so my whole deal was like, I draw every day because I love to do it because I have to do it. It was like an addiction or like an impulse. And so I thought, okay, I'm pretty good compared to the other artists around me. And, you know, I didn't really have a lot of artists around me. So I felt fairly confident in my drawing ability. I knew that I could get better. But I knew that I needed to learn how to make comic book pages. I had never really done that before. Mm-hmm. Um, and my goal was to just keep drawing and eventually, you know, make my way down to Comic-Con and get discovered by Stan Lee and draw Spider-Man for the rest of my life. Like right, that right, was exactly, yeah. that was my plan. And and when I tell you that my high school teachers were horrified by my plan. <laughs> especially my AP and honors instructors, teachers, Mm -hmm. they were like, you're going to what? Like, like, okay, you're in line to get some AP calculus credit and some AP U S history credit, right? What are you going to do? Where are you going to go? You can do anything. And I'm like, I'm going to draw Spider-Man. They're like, what? (laughs) And this is back in the day. I mean, this is, you know, late nineties. So when I said Marvel, most people were like, what? (laughs) <laughs> what is that? What are you what are you talking to comic books? What is there's no future in that. So um so thankfully I had, you know, some teachers push me towards art school and say, look, if you if you, you know, give college a chance, but there are colleges for artists. And so that's how I ended up at LCAD. And once I got to this school, the program that I was in, which is the illustration program, was like, look, you that's cool. You want to draw comic books. We're going to teach you how to draw. We're going to teach you human anatomy and storytelling. I didn't know that Alcat's focus is like very classical figure drawing, which is exactly 
<laughs> what I needed for comics. Right. Joe, did I research any of this, Joe, ahead of time? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, but there you go, right? Some Someone out there is looking out for me. So uh, having done no research whatsoever and just sort of picked a school out of a book <laughs> that I didn't read, <laughs> I ended up at the, at the perfectly right school for me. Perfect. And so along the way, though, they're like, you're going to have to learn some graphic design skills. You're going to have to learn some photography skills. We're going to teach you how to paint. You're gonna, and I was like, I had no interest whatsoever in painting. Right. But I thought, you know what? If this is what's going to get me this degree, okay, fine. I love all creativity anyway, so screw it. I'll do it. I, and I went all in. I, I totally bought in. I had never painted before in my life. And I was in classes with kids that had private tutors and awesome, you know, high school art programs. And they had been oil painting and doing landscapes. And, I, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, <laughs> I don't know how to do any of this. I was starting from the ground up. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was very, I spent a lot of time in school, very insecure about my painting ability. And all of this came to mind a couple years ago when I was talking to someone about painting, someone who was just starting out, and I said, you do this and this and this. And when I was first started, I was confused about this, but now I know like I can bust out a painting like it. And they were like, holy shit, you know a lot about painting. And I said, well, I mean, it, for some reason, I still have this mentality of I'm not that good. Like I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm a beginner. Mm -hmm. I'm a, you know, it's that like imposter syndrome kind of. Mm -hmm. And then I went, well, I've been doing it for 20 years. <laughs> it was like this long, awkward pause. <laughs> You're just like, oh God, it's been 20 years. Like it's it's so weird that we're at that point in our lives where we have that much that much experience life experience behind us. <laughs> yes. Yes. I can't believe I've been painting for 20 goddamn years. Mm -hmm. So like, geez, I yeah, hopefully I would know a couple things about it. By this <laughs> Maybe two point. or three, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And you know, let me tell you, just, just to finish up that, that part of the story, um, by the time I graduated from art school, I didn't even want to be a comic book artist anymore. Mm -hmm. I had a new profound respect for comic book artists, by the way, <laughs> because after having drawn a few pages, I said, holy shit, this is a lot of work and it's tedious. And if you don't absolutely love it, it's going to be very difficult to sit at your drawing table all day, every day and pump out pages. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have a tremendous amount of respect for comic book artists, but I fell in love with painting and it's what I wanted to do coming out of art school. Thankfully, you know, because of what the industry expects from you as an, as a freelance illustrator, I was a really versatile artist because of the program at Alcat, you know, of course, right. There, there's a method to their madness when they say, no, 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 you got to learn this and this and this and this. Yeah. Cause they were preparing me to be a professional. <laughs> so I got to do a lot of things over the years. Um, and now I feel like I'm sort of, they're all converging into my paintings. So I'm doing like digital techniques and I'm doing printmaking and I'm painting and I'm drawing and it's all coming together. Like, I don't think that I could make the paintings that I'm making now without having had all that experience and all the different media that I've worked in for this long. That's awesome. It's very cool. And you're feeling good about the stuff you're putting out. You're like happy with where they're all ending up. Yes, it's so. Uh, I say that with you know trepidation, with, with the idea <laughs> that as an artist, bo both of us know that nothing is ever finished. <laughs> 
right? Absolutely. And and it's a precarious yes, because I also know, you know, as an artist, we both know that feeling can go away at any moment. <laughs> right, right. You look at it one way from like a, a, a different angle and you're like, why? Why did I do that? Oh, God. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Right. You can look at what you made, uh, whether it's writing or whether it's drawing or whatever, and go, what was I thinking? You know, and and then go, oh, God, I've I've come a long way since last week or whatever. (laughs) But but I think one thing that I've found, and and I think this is uh, even more perplexing, is sometimes when you do something and you hate it, and then a month later, you go back to it and you go, hey, this is actually not that bad. Why did I, <laughs> why was I so down on this at the time? Right. That That's also very surprising. Well, I think you get tired of it or you just, you, you're, you're frustrated with it or something. And then when you yeah. go away from it, you think of it in such a negative light that you almost kind of blow it. It's, it's the opposite of setting your expectations high. You kind of like completely lower your expectations for what it is. And then you come back and you're like, oh, it's not nearly that bad. Looking at you, first two Thor movies, uh, <laughs> <laughs> because we have continued our Marvel rewatch, which I want to talk to you more about after the break. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but as far as, uh, you know, I, I have managed to squeeze in a little bit of weekly geekery, uh, even though I'm working on paintings and and a presentation. Um, and uh, the thing that has, has really uh, hooked me this week is the animated Invincible series on Amazon Prime. Yeah, everybody seems to be talking about it, and I just got I got I heard about it just a little bit later, I think, than everybody else. But uh, we're in the same boat here. Yeah, Joe. yeah. <laughs> I I had heard about it. I saw the trailer, and I knew it was coming, and I thought, oh, okay, I'm gonna check that out at some point. And you know, as we talk about often on this show, it's just one of those things. There's so many things to check out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I kept hearing really, really good things about it, especially in the in the Facebook group that I'm in, uh, the Hero Movies Facebook group that I talk about sometimes on the show. And I really trust those their their opinions. So when they kept saying, "Look, right now it's all about Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Invincible," and I said, "Oh shit, I got to check out Invincible right for for a change of pace." And I did, and I was instantly. I mean, I, you know, animation is a hard sell for me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because, oh, how do I put this? As an artist, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm an artist. I just want a certain visual aesthetic mm-hmm. that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain visual aesthetic that I do not enjoy. And sometimes it's that simplified animation style that just, to, it, it's it's realism, it's realism simplified. Right. That sometimes, like when it comes to animation, it's just, I feel like it's not done in a way that I enjoy, uh, which is one of the reasons why when Marvel put out their What If trailer, I was really, really happy and excited because <laughs> it's like, I, I want, I'm definitely going to watch this show, but if the animation is not something that I like, it's going to make it so much more difficult for me to enjoy the show. Uh, but when the trailer came out, I was pleasantly surprised by the style that they went with. So with with um, Invincible, I watched the first episode and I thought, oh, no, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get used to this animation. And by the end of the first episode, not only was I hooked on the animation style because it's really good drawing, but uh, just that first episode, just, <laughs> just <laughs> no spoilers here. Just watch the first episode, uh, and if and if you're not into it, then maybe there's you know, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so that's what I've been doing. I'm I'm about four. I think there's six episodes right now out, and I've watched the first four. 
That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm yep. gonna try and I'm gonna try and me because if that is not that will not be a mat thing. Like, there's no way that I can make that a mat thing. It's just not gonna right. Work. So um, that's a good call. I it's not a rosy thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think it's gonna have to be one of those situations where I like squeeze it in between like lunch and my rehearsal, or you know, I'll find a little spot where I can put it in, and it's not a you know, it doesn't encroach on my TV time with my husband. Mm. Mm. So apparently I'm looking up online right now and a little correction. It looks like there's eight. Uh, oh no, I see. So episode seven comes out on April 23rd, mm-hmm. which is uh, in a few days. And then episode eight comes out on April 30th and that'll be the first season. So yeah, there's six episodes out now. Okay. So and, maybe I'll and they're not all eight. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to look at how long they are. They are about an hour. Oh, okay. Yeah, because wow, look- it doesn't feel like an hour. Because <laughs> I looked that up, I was like, well, how long is this? Something I can watch before I go to bed? And like, no, <laughs> no, it's gonna take more. <laughs> okay, they do not feel like an hour. Wow. So, what about you, man? Um, I've gotten a lot of a lot of stuff in, considering how crazy it's been this last couple weeks. Um. We did launch our latest campaign for As the Dice Roll. So this is the one that I'm running, and it's Monster of the Week. And we had a lot of fun. We're actually, as soon as I'm done with this podcast today, we're jumping in and recording our fourth session, which is, is exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Although, God, yesterday I sat down and, you know, before I... <laughs> I know myself and I know that when I'm really into something, I'm all in and it gets excited. And then as soon as the new shiny comes, I go away. So Mm. I know I have to get as much stuff done as I can when I'm motivated to do it. And then I don't have to worry about it. And then I don't feel guilty (laughs) about going and enjoying my other geekiness. Yeah. Because then when I need to come back and work on it, it's got, I've got a good base and I, I'm caught up and then that usually gets me excited and I start working on it again. <laughs> and what, what are the things that fall under that? Well, for, like that. for this, I mean, cause it's a, it's a, like there's, there's role-playing games out there where you can just kind of buy pre-made adventures and run it. But for the one, really? I, oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's, huh. there's out there, there's a called for, it was for a couple um, editions of Dungeons and Dragons, ago so it was like i think 3.5 dungeons dragons 3.5 um so then you don't need a dungeon master well you do need a dungeon master but the dungeon master is basically just implementing whatever is in the module that you bought so but there's something out there called the like the biggest dungeon in the world and (laughs) the people who made it were like let's just take everything from the monster manual and see how we can like fit it into this one place and make it make sense and so like you can just sit and you know it's so huge that nobody will ever complete this this thing it'd be very hard to complete it but the the gm can just sit there and go okay so what what am I what are they doing tonight and look at a couple rooms ahead of where you are and know what's going to happen in that night session. Where what I'm doing is I'm having to create all the monsters, I'm having mm. to create all the mysteries because mm. I set it in a conspiracy theory type world where nothing is as it appears. I'm like trying to find where the little like bigger picture clues fit in. And so I have, I don't know if you've ever heard of Scrivener. It's this writing program. 
Mm-mm. It's really great. You can you can outline things. You can make all of these like pages for individual characters in your novel and it's just a very great at organizing ideas and it's perfect for organizing a campaign for a tabletop role-playing game and i went okay i know i have like at least the three first three mysteries of our campaign sketched out and ready to go i need to go in and flush some stuff out for this session our my group finished the first mystery last session so now we're going to start the second one so i just need to brush up on what i have ray i I couldn't find the file. <laughs> I couldn't find the file. I must have looked for an hour and a oh, half yesterday terror. and I could not find the file. And I was I, I I was sure like I had I was sure I had created like I had created the file and then went, okay, I don't like the way this is formatting, so I'm gonna just recreate it. And I recreated it and put all this stuff in all i could find was the first one and i was like oh my god did it only save the first one finally long story short it it, i had somehow moved a file into another folder like a folder into a folder and so it was kind of hidden somewhere that i just i don't know how i found it but like it just like like when move when i was moving files around on my computer it just got bumped into the wrong folder and, and so I did a search. I found it. And oh, I was so stressed yesterday. <laughs> I'm like, this God. is hours, Ray. Hours and hours and hours of creating material for this game. Oh, God. And it was gone. Oh, my God. For how long? How long was it gone before you found it? Uh, at least 90 minutes, if not two hours. Uh, and it was like, and and and, it's, and and then there's that stress of, do I keep looking for it or do I start right. creating because I have to do this tomorrow? Right. So when do I say, all right, I'm just not going to look for this anymore. I'm just going to give up and start recreating. And I was so close. I finally did a couple, like tried a couple more searches and found it, but oh, oh, oh my, my gosh! God. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that ending has a uh, that story has a happy ending because far too often it, it's usually just gone. Yeah, it's usually just gone, and I was sure that's what had happened. So that, Oof. but but this this last Tuesday, this this all comes from the fact that this last Tuesday we launched our first episode of What Is Not. It was so much fun. I'm already getting some good feedback on it, uh, and it's just fun to do. And I, I spent a little bit of yesterday and this morning listening to our last recording session. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit like you said about the, the painting, how, you know, you, you think it's not great. And, and it's not saying that I don't think it's great. It's just, I was like, okay, you know, it was a standard gaming session. And then I, I go back and listen to it. I'm like, Oh my God, these guys are funny. Like the, uh-huh. the jokes that they're telling and the way they're interacting. I'm like, okay, good. You know, you, you feel good. Okay. I've got something I can put out and we'll be entertaining. Right. Right. So, Jeez. yeah. So that was that's that's the big thing this weekend and this past week. Um, the the other thing I'm doing is I am doing a reread of New Mutants because our listener Lyle, yeah, has uh, has started. <laughs> he he watched New Mutants, and I I I kind of feel like it's a good thing that he watched it before reading the comic book because now he can go back and enjoy the comic book. But because I heard he was going back, you know, he asked, where, where do I start? So I gave him some suggestions. And then I was like, well, if you're going to do this, this gives me an excuse to, <laughs> to go back and read New Mutants because I haven't gone back and do a, done a read read in forever. And, oh, my God, I forgot about some of this stuff. 
Like, oh man, now I want to read New Mutants. Oh yeah, well, and spoilers because it's like you know decades old comic book. Uh, I forgot that in like the first three issues, you get the Hellfire Club, the Brood, and Sentinels. Well, they're trying to sell the hell out of this new series, right? Oh yeah. Oh, they 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 hit the the floor running with this thing. Cool, cool. How are you reading it? Uh, I'm reading it on Kindle. I do have uh, the ultimate. Uh, I have Marvel Unlimited, but yeah. I wanted to be reading the same thing that Lyle got, so I got it through Kindle. So this is something that Joe, you and I have have talked a little bit about, uh, possibly doing for for future episodes, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Is is doing these? What did you call it, like a reread review or or yeah a reread something? yeah a reread review where we reread old comic book story arcs and then talk about them on here. Mm-hmm. You know, choosing either story arcs that are you know our favorites uh, or story arcs that have some relevance to the media that we're going to be watching. Right. Right. Shout out to Rob. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Cool. So you're enjoying that, I take it. Yeah. No, it's it's great. I, I read a couple issues before I I fall asleep at night, and, and it's been nice. I I've got, I do have to say that it is the '80s, and so anything that is representative of an ethnicity is mm-hmm. um, awkward and uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> um, Karma is all about her Vietnamese trauma, like. Trauma uh, from surviving Vietnam, and and Danny is definitely the noble savage. Like uh, it's it's you just sit there and go. I I appreciate that they were trying to be diverse. Right at the time, I'm sure it was like, whoa, this is really forward thinking. Yeah, it's it's representation, and that that at, at a point when there was no representation, but oh, it's it's rough representation, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> <laughs> so, question. Yeah. As you're reading this old beloved story of yours. Mm-hmm. Uh and and quick, how how long what's what's the scope of the reread that you're doing? How many issues are you planning to reread? And where are you at in that? Well, I'm I'm only on issue like I'm the next issue for me to read is issue three, but they started this particular collection started with an, um, an issue of the fantastic four, which mm-hmm. introduced karma. Mm-hmm. And then there's the new mutants graphic novel, which is what launched the series. So I basically okay. read, you know, the, the, the graphic novels, maybe two or three issues worth. Okay. So I'm about, f- I would say five comic book issues into this read. And how many more are you going to go? Uh, uh, that depends on Lyle. <laughs> no pressure, buddy, but I'll keep up with you. Um, I know around 100 is about where X-Force starts happening. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that we'll get that far. But I wouldn't be surprised Ooh. if we, we do the second collection because that's the, that's the Demon Bear collection. Great. Okay. So as this is my question. As you're reading this, do you have – a do you have a, a an idea of how you would want a new mutants movie to go in your head um i think anytime i think of that i kind of just think about like 
small little scenes and interactions. Because for me, the New Mutants was always about those like kids that snuck out at night and did what they weren't supposed to do because they thought it was the right thing to do. It's very, I, I want it to be very Stranger Things. I think that's the best way to put it. I think I want it to be yeah. very Stranger Things, where it's a bunch of kids running around behind their parents' back trying to save the world. Cool. And so maybe a series would be better than a movie? Oh, I totally think a series would be better than a movie. Um, mm. I, I think, especially if you, because, I mean, you got to remember, this is in the 60s. I mean, when they go out into the, like, they go to the mall, Sam's wearing a, a sport coat because, you know, you, you're going out. So, therefore, you need to dress up. Like, it, <laughs> it was definitely a different time. <laughs> and And so... I think just being able to see it in kind of a more modern day setting with more modern real world problems would mm. be very, um, very cool. It'd just be very wow. Cool. So this series, this was this was being published in the eighties, right? You said um, is it? Maybe even been earlier than that. Maybe been the sixties. No, it's got to be the eighties. Let me let me double check. What? There's no it's way. Be, <laughs> no, it's got to be the eighties. We're quickly. This makes for wonderful podcasting. <laughs> you say that every time. It's so hilarious. Uh, let's see. 1982 is the first appearance. Yeah, September so, 1982. Yeah. So, like I said, it was early, early 80s. So that's, I mean, literally, then the the pitch for the New Mutants series, Netflix series, or or Disney Plus series at this point, would be Stranger Things with superheroes. Yeah, Stranger Things with mutants. Like teenagers in the 80s with powers running around trying to save the world. Yeah. That sounds fucking amazing. I, I know. I like, <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, the, the greatest thing about the. So, when, when X Men first started in the 60s, it was all about, oh, these, you know, up until then, everybody had to have this like crazy origin where something exploded or bit you to give you your superpowers. And and the idea was, well, what if they're just born that way? Like maybe, maybe it's Maybelline. I don't know. But um, <laughs> but they they were this idea that okay, what happens if these people are just have powers? It's just the way they're born. And the the hatred to, towards mutants didn't come until a little bit later. Like it 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 didn't happen until maybe. The right. whole Mag- Magneto showed up and kind of messed things up for everybody. <laughs> um, but then when they brought in the the next class with Giant Science X-Men, um, it, it was, again, it was about adults, you know, what they would call in novels the new adults, so the 20-somethings. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. never been about, up until now, kids. It's been about, you know, late teens. But these, like... Uh, Bobby is like 13 or Rain is 13 and he's 14. Like they're all very, very young. Mm-hmm. And their whole thing is, is, well, we've got to do something. Okay, let's go sneak out, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I know later in the series when um, Xavier goes away, they're, they're raised by Magneto. <laughs> and it's Magneto and his I'm trying to be a good guy right. routine. And, and so you've got like – the master of magnetism trying to control a bunch of teenagers and not like doing it the way the master of magnetism would do it, which is basically just throw them in a dungeon somewhere and say, stay. 
Um, but no, he's trying to be like the good dad. And, and so it's just this awkward. And honestly, I would love to see that in a series. I would love to see Magneto trying to control the new mutants because it, yeah. it's just ridiculous. So there's also that really important bit of nostalgia, I think in there, because I think it would be really hard to do a story like this set in today because I think, you know, technology and, and, other reasons teenagers today i think are less dependent on their parental units maybe may or, or maybe just a little more um like when i watch stranger things i really feel like oh these are little kids mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and i feel like now maybe it's not maybe i'm i'm saying this wrong but like with with cell phones and with social media and it just feels like there's not that element of like mystery and you know what i mean Mm, maybe but i mean there's still a lot of social like the social problems haven't gone away like the interactions between kids are fundamentally the same they just happen in different formats right right yeah yeah instead of sitting there and talking on the phone and then saying something and having the person take it the wrong way and now you're in a fight for the next two weeks (laughs) you, you text you text somebody the wrong thing and you're now in a fight for the two weeks that just doesn't sound very cinematic to me. It's it's not, but but, but you're also <laughs> dealing with characters with superpowers, so <laughs> that's true. You can let the socializing be less cinematic because you're going to have people blasting off and that's turning true. into werewolves in the next scene. So, oh my god, can you imagine? It's going to be like superhero fights through like via like TikTok or like. Yeah. So. Well, and, and you watched you watched um, Runaways, didn't you? Like that worked pretty pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Huh. Okay. You spoke, spoken like a true uh, teacher, Joe. <laughs> my, my brain is going like, how would that work with teenagers today? Like, I don't. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I mean, and uh, I watched the first season of Riverdale. You can you can pretty much explain away anything that you need to. If you're, <laughs> Like, I, I would uh, not want to see, I would not want to see New Mutants be a CW show. I'm going to say that right now. I was right just going to say that. I was just going to say that's one way to get me disinterested. Yeah. No, because in this the only conflict is they've got secrets and they're not going to tell them to each other. And that's where all the drama stems from. Oh my God. Flashbacks to you complaining about, about that. Just say it out loud. Say like just it. talk to each other. Everything is solved. Uh, I, I used that. I used that at my old school when we had team fights, like team arguments. And they grew up, I'm like, oh my God, if you could just talk to each other, you'd be fine. We're not leaving this room because we are not going to have what happened on Arrow <laughs> happen here. That's great. Um, That's great. Cool. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna try to get in on this uh, as soon as uh, as soon as the presentation is over this week. I'm gonna try to get in on this New Mutants read because I've never actually read the full series. I've read issues here and there, but never the whole thing. Yeah, it'll be interesting because you you're not reading it with the nostalgia that I am. So it'll be interesting to see what your take is. Yeah. Um, I also have been reading in between there, and this is part of the reason probably not as far along. Um, is I'm really curious about John Walker, and I'm not going to talk a lot about what I have discovered, uh, but it is definitely part of my weekly geekery. I was like, okay, so we've got John Walker, we've got U.S. Agent coming up. Like, what was it like originally? How was he originally written? Mm-hmm. And so I went back, and I'm reading a lot of Captain America from that time. And 
life doesn't change, Ray. <laughs> like we think it changes, but it really doesn't because there's a full on MAGA rally in one of these issues. Yeah, I've been watching. I've watched a couple of John Walker centric YouTube videos, and I I noticed the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting. Like it's very it's very interesting. Like right now, the whole the whole all the drama in the comic is revolving around the fact that Captain America shot somebody. That's the big drama. And, and this is a this is a comic book from when? Uh. 90s? No, 80s? I also want to say the 80s. Okay. And yeah, I think it was 83 is when we got John Walker. But yeah, the I guess in the issue before John Walker's introduced, Captain America saves a bunch of people being held by terrorists by shooting one of them and killing him. And it's this big deal. Like he's not moving on from it. The world's not moving on from it. Like it's this big, big thing. <clears throat> Um, and so there's some, some interesting little issues. Nobody who works with cap, at least back then is a calm individual. Like there's an issue with nomad and that guy's like going off half cocked. And then you've got John Walker, who's kind of crazy, go nuts. And just everybody's just like, most of captain America's job is keeping the people around him from Doing something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was just. Very, it's just very interesting to because I never read a lot of Captain America growing up, and so it's interesting to go back now that I'm such a fan of the character and seeing some some of what they did with him back in the day. Yeah, yeah. It says here his first appearance in con- in comics is uh, 1987. Okay, so a little later. Yeah. Cool, man. Wow, you've got a lot of reading done this week. I'm so jealous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the, the, the last little thing, which I, I do need to bring up just because it's a huge event, uh, is uh, I played a little WoW with Matt yesterday. Well, well okay. What do you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm a huge World of Warcraft fan, and yep. Matt, Matt does not like it, but um, uh, my friend Raven who has the the Girls Gone Wow podcast, her and EJ, her co-host, held an online pub crawl. So we made drinks, and we hopped on characters on the same server, and we went from location in the, you know, one bar to the other in the game, and just kind of chilled and took pictures and chatted. And so I had Matt on... Um, on discord and he was listening in and talking to people. And so we just socialized and I had leveled up a character for him to go in with. Mm. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I made him a hunter so that he could have a dog follow him. So we had Ollie, we brought Ollie with us <laughs> and, uh, and yeah. And he was like, well, what's the, like, he was, he was unlike when we've played in the past where we've been trying to get his character leveled up and figuring out things he was just asking questions like, oh, that's a cute little like animal that's running around there. What, what's that? How do you get one of those? And, you know, just asking little, little questions here and there. <laughs> As we're logging on, I hear, I hear Raven say to the rest of the Discord channel, all right, so the, our, the next two hours, our job is to make this the best experience Matt has ever had. <laughs> That's great. It's like, hey, turns out with alcohol, I really like it. <laughs> it's a lot more things that I enjoy. Um, 
I, I, so as someone, that sounds awesome. Yeah. As someone who's not a gamer and has never played World of Warcraft, I have questions. Go for it. The, the technical logistics of hanging out, you have World of, you play World of Warcraft on your computer, I'm assuming? Mm-hmm. Your desktop? Yep. And you said you had Discord open as well? Yes. How does that work? And and there's how many people involved in this? Um, I would say there's probably at least twenty. So holy shit! Yeah. So we were in a we were in a. Well, you gotta remember. Okay, so Girls Gone Wow today is recording episode four hundred and I want to say sixty something. So they've been going for years. So they have a huge following. And this was basically for their listeners and for people who've come on and hosted like me and, and our friend Marie and a couple of other people. And and so they already have a, this huge following. So both in, in Europe and in the States. And so what we do is we hop into – because Discord's not just uh, text channels. You can go in and there's voice channels. So we talk in right. Discord – and we just kind of, you know, move our characters around in the in the bar. And it was funny because, Got it. because people would be like, like one guy spilled his drink on uh, on his keyboard. He's like, God damn it! And they're like, Are you okay? He's like, Well, yeah. I mean, anytime you do a pub crawl, pub crawl, somebody's gonna spill a drink, so it's just me, <laughs> you know. And then um, we were in one of these locations, and there was a fountain outside the tavern. And so one of the characters goes, Well. When you go in a pub crawl, and if there's a fountain, someone's going to end up in the fountain. So I'm going to jump in the fountain for a while. <laughs> you know, and so you're just kind of you're just kind of moving your character around the space and talking and using it as an excuse. We made okay. we made drinks that were themed after um, different drinks in the game. That's cool. Yeah, it was just fun. It was just something silly, and it was a way to kind of introduce Matt to the social side of it without having to feel like he had to figure out how to how to navigate everything. Um, so I. Okay, so I pictured you at your computer with, I don't know, do you use a controller with your computer? Do you use the keyboard? No, keyboard and mouse. Yeah, keyboard and mouse. Okay, keyboard and mouse. And I pictured you with like a headset on with like a mic or something. And then I pictured Matt on a different computer on Discord. And I'm going, how is everyone hanging out here? Like that doesn't make sense to me. But you're saying that people don't interact through through the game. They, I mean, virtually in terms of like your your avatar, but in terms of like speaking to each other and stuff, you're it's everything's on discord. Well, you could do it either way. I mean, I definitely had like a little side conversation going with um, one of the co-hosts, EJ, uh, you know, just, Hey, how are you? But cause you could, you can type in the game, you can type to the, the group in general or mm. just to specific people. So I just would say, Hey, to specific people. And then some people would talk to the whole group inside the chat. Like when we're, when we're doing a, a raid with our guild, there's a lot of people talking on Discord, but some of us either you know I don't feel terribly comfortable talking on Discord because I I get self conscious. So I'll sometimes I'll just speak to the raid in chat, like I'll just type up whatever I want to say and I'll respond to them. Got it. And some people don't have mics, so they'll hear they'll listen, but then they'll respond through chat. So it really just depends on who you are and how you're set up. Wow. Okay, that just. That's so cool that 
you're able to process all of those things and, you know, the, all that communication in different ways. You're doing something visually, you're talking to someone and you're reading it and typing out in a chat as well. Yep. That, that, that makes my Gemini brain very excited. <laughs> like I want that level of like, <laughs> I think, I think we need to do a, a wow experience sometime this summer and we'll get you in, we'll get Matt in, we'll get some listeners who've never played in before. We'll run you through the opening, uh, the like the tutorial, which tells you how to how to get through stuff. And then we'll just go hang mm. out in a bar somewhere. Cool. That sounds good to me. <laughs> I just, yeah, the thing that gets me when it comes to, to gaming and the reason why I never really stuck with it is the... Um, the hand-eye coordination of like the the controller moves mm-hmm. where I just I just that stuff gets me so frustrated because I want to do something and like as like I've joked before, which is kind of like not joke not a joke, but I'm always like stuck in the corner and I can't turn around. Just <laughs> into, like, Matt definitely had some moments there and he would be like like he'd he'd lose me. He'd like turn around and go, wait. But I have to say, he's like, I don't know if we'd done this before in a previous thing or if he'd done it with, because his, his ex also played WoW. Um, I guess he has a type. Um, <laughs> and uh, and he he's like, so can I just follow you? And there is a way. Like, if you click on the character and then um, select follow, your character will just follow the, like, I could run you around in circles and you're going to follow me. Um, so that helped a lot with not getting stuck in the corner. And then anytime we i think it made him a little uncomfortable because he's not he's really not a fan of talking to people he doesn't know online mm. and so um there are you know we're, we're in we're going to places that beginning characters probably should not be and so they had to kind of <laughs> do a dry run and figure out how to get to all of these different places cuz the idea was to go to a bar at each of the expansions why why not <laughs> i'm curious well because when you when you start a character, you're at a low level, and then mm-hmm. as time goes on, they add expansions. But if they add an expansion, a beginner character doesn't start in that expansion. They have to level up to that expansion. Mm-hmm. So going into expansion two, you're gonna those the, that area is going to have too many high powered monsters that are going to eat your face. Oh, so there's there's danger everywhere. There's danger everywhere. Um, Got it. And and then it's sometimes it's just complicated to get characters there because the character wasn't meant to be there, so there's no easy way for them to just appear there. So you have to use like mages have they can open portals and then anybody can take the portal and go to a place, but that only gets cool. you to a certain specific place. Um, right. So there's ways around it, and what we would do is we'd go to a. Um, you know, the, the portals go to like the big cities, but maybe we didn't want to go to the bar in that big city. We want to go to this other bar. So um, some people have multi-person mounts or can turn themselves into a mount. <laughs> so mm. it's like, um, you know, I, I hop on my two-person mount and start flying. And Matt's like, well, where, where do I go? And I'm like, well, do you see a dragon around you with the blue name above it and he's like yeah i'm like click on it that's one of our people and they'll fly you wherever and so you know he's just riding a, <laughs> just riding a dragon just riding a dragon around this is great matt sounds like the um the audience stand-in in a movie yes, right? yes he's <laughs> the definitely the perspective character <laughs> <laughs> 
That is awesome. That sounds like a great time. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. And then, you know, we were we were in there for like two and a half hours. And yeah. And he was like, okay. <laughs> the other, I think we would have been there longer, except, you know, it was getting to be we'd been there at, we started at 11 30 and at two o'clock we're like we haven't had lunch yet and we've been drinking so this is not <laughs> this is not good we're gonna we're gonna bow out we'll see you next time you do this that's cool yeah but it was a lot of fun all right man i think it's time for a break and we can just keep going all right we'll come back After. and talk about all the other fun stuff oh well I, we're gonna Really, we're going to listen to your, your rewatch because it sounds like you've oh. gone through a lot. Yes, I have things to share. Okay. All right. We'll be back. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community all dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like video games, Star Wars, comics, movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time, and we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. And we're back. Boy, this week's Marvel Rewatch. Oh, where, where, Joe, where did we leave off? The Avengers? Uh, right, I said we yes. last week we had watched the Avengers on Saturday night. Yes, and uh, to my to my glee, it went over amazingly well. Uh-huh. You never know, you know, people are uh, um, uh, gravitate towards different stories and different genres or whatnot. But uh, my girlfriend really enjoyed uh, the lead up to the Avengers and the Avengers and and the Avengers did feel like a step up, like a sort of, you know, um, like they leveled up what they mm-hmm. had been doing in, in the first, in phase one, right? right. Which is, feels weird for me to say phase one because we also watched Captain Marvel in phase one. Right. Because we're doing the timeline order, right? Which conveniently is already listed on Disney+. Plus. Yes. So if you're scrolling through the Marvel section of Disney+, Plus, then you can go through phases or you can go through timeline order. Um, so I said, okay, great. We're going to, we, uh, um, I think on Sunday night or maybe it was Monday night, we, we went ahead and continued with the next movie, which was Thor to the dark world. Um, the first Thor movies are always iffy for me when I share them with someone new, just because, mm-hmm. you know, I think as more as comic book geeks, we we kind of share this feeling of, you know, I think this is great, but I can totally see somebody else who has not been indoctrinated into this geeky world since mm-hmm. they were a kid seeing this as kind of weird and cheesy and just, you know, not believable. Right. And 
it's very evident in the first two Thor movies that Marvel was trying very hard to sell Thor and, and figure out the right way to do it. And, and their approach in those two movies was to minimize as much of the like over the top Kirby esque as guardian stuff. Right. So it's a big deal in Thor two when Jane gets taken away from earth to Asgard. But, but even the, even the, the final battle in Thor two takes place on earth. It's in London. Mm. Very grounded. And uh, so that went over well. I forget, man. If you're looking at it from a different perspective or even, I don't know. I think Iron Man and Captain America sort of definitely, Avengers almost feels like like a Captain America movie. Right. Right? Like it feels like a Nick Fury movie a little bit too. But I'd forgotten how much more character development Cap gets in Avengers. Because up until then, we've only had uh, the first Avenger movie, whereas mm-hmm. Iron Man has, has had two movies before the Avengers. And so he's got the most character development. And then Avengers does a lot of work in developing Captain America into the leader and the captain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Thor only has one movie. But with Thor 2, I really think that they did the right thing in focusing it. The first two Thor movies feel very romantic to me. That makes sense. Yeah, no, I see that. Right. Mm-hmm. It was very much about Thor's connection to Jane. Um, and, and it almost feels like, okay, we got those out of the way. Good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> even though they're, you know, they're, they're pretty massive in terms of scale and they do pick up, Thor 2 does pick up after the Avengers. So we watched that. And then I said, okay, she really liked those. She really liked Thor 2. And I started to introduce the Marvel one shots. And those did great. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. And I think that people that are not accustomed to comic book storytelling, when, when they're, in on the world building, I think that really affects them in a significant way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just the idea that you can connect all these different stories and and show and flesh out a world in ways that don't happen in the main story, but it's like, oh, by the way, this affected the you know these people on the street in this way, or this is also you know after the movie, uh, uh, after the these two char- bit characters leave the movie after their one scene, we get to see them again in this other thing. And, and wow, the way people respond to that is pretty amazing. (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah. So we started doing the one shots, of course we're appropriate. Uh, The, the stingers are really, really going over in a big way. And then I said, okay, we're, we're going to watch the next up on, according to the timeline order is Iron Man three. And this is a divisive movie (laughs) because I feel like there are people that really hate Iron Man three. And there are people like myself that really love Iron Man three. Iron Man three is one of my favorites, actually to my top five Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. And um, that went over extremely well. Awesome. Yeah. Now. So again, like I feel like, Marvel is, is as we're watching, they're really coalescing into their storytelling vibe. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And and there's certain ingredients, like every movie is like an ingredient. And by the time we get to phase two, you see almost every ingredient in every movie to different to different degrees. Right. Right. But like Thor to the Dark World does have it's it's very romantic. It's very much the energy of the first Thor movie, but it does now have some of the humor of Iron Man and some of the like um, heart of Captain America in there. Mm hmm. Um, and then, you know, you get to Iron Man and it's now going to contain some of those. And obviously it picks up from the Avengers. Um, but we had also watched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which I love. It's a Shane Black movie. We've also watched in the past, The Good Guys with Russell mm-hmm. Crowe and, um, what, what's the cute guy's name? Um, uh, The Notebook Guy, uh, Ryan, no. Uh, I don't remember. Okay, that guy, the good guys. <laughs> um, we watched that, and she really liked that. It's one of you know I really like that movie. And then I explained, hey, Shane Black, you know, Robert Downey Jr. has has this connection to Shane Black. They've made a movie before. It's actually Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was you know part of what revived Robert Downey Jr.'s career enough for him to land Iron Man in the first place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so Iron Man three feels to me like a Shane Black movie taking place in the Marvel universe, which is what it is, and I love it. And that's so far seems to be like her favorite movie. Nice. Uh, and you were you were looking for Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. There you go. Okay. Thank you. So when you said that cute guy, I'm like, I wonder (laughs) (laughs) you're like, this will not go undiscovered. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just like, for some reason I was like, I wonder if he means Ryan Gosling, because I feel like Ryan Gosling, that's just kind of his MO is like, Oh, he's the hot guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's just his thing. Yeah. Uh, So, and he pulls it off. Well, so um, we watched Iron Man three and then I said, We're hitting the big guns now. (laughs) And we watched Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Bro. How was that as a rewatch? That movie still fucking stands up. That's awesome. That it's funny to me, which movies hold up and which movies are, are sort of for me at least. And, and judging from her reaction, you know, maybe newer viewers, are, are not holding up. And that brings me to the last movie that we watched last night. Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh no, I don't like that intro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm still processing. I'm still baffled a little bit. I could you know, I keep saying, hey, these movies land for differently for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I could almost understand it if it was just a case of like, hey, you know, this 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 is a very different type of Marvel movie. Um, that was very very evident <laughs> to me <laughs> to me as as I rewatched it last night. And it could you know I could totally understand if it was just Rosie going, you know, that just that wasn't my bag. But I have to admit that during last night's rewatch, I was also struggling during that movie. Really. And I'm like, what the hell? That <laughs> like this has been one of my like favorite Marvel movies since it came out. Do you remember? Do you remember when Guardians was announced? Yeah, we all went, what the fuck are they doing? Exactly. <laughs> but exactly. But do you remember the our, our, our 
the experience of of seeing it for the first time and walk sitting in a theater and walking out of the theater after yeah you walk out and you're like uh, that how did they do that because it yes. was so good so good right it was amazing i remember just thinking like i want give me as much of this as possible like give me more of this this fun funny weird sci-fi cosmic action comedy like this is great like the characters are just out there it really felt like marvel embracing the weirdness right embracing the kirby and and for comic book fans i could see us going finally like they actually did it and it worked like amazing and then for non-comic fans at the time because this movie was popular with everybody right for non-comic fans at the time People were like, hey, this was fun. That was a fun-ass ride. Like, we're we're in. We're all in for all the weird, you know, mining a, a celestial's head for, for rare, <laughs> like, yeah, for rare substances. Okay, sure. Sure. <laughs> you know, like, is that the, wait, is that the Russian cosmonaut dog? <laughs> like, in, in this weird being called the like, Benicio del Toro in a weird blonde wigs, like, lair? Okay, what let's do it that the the i mean at this point i'm becoming invested in a talking raccoon so anything's on the table basically <laughs> that's true it throws a lot at you and uh i kind of felt myself during the rewatch getting bored a little bit and i thought well you know i've seen this movie a bunch of times it's not you know it's nothing's new here for me it's still funny some of the jokes still land a lot of them don't and I'm thinking maybe it's a combination of, you know, I've seen these, I know these punchlines so well already. And hey, maybe comedy has just changed a little bit, you know, since, uh-huh, uh-huh. since 2014. It seems like th- things change really fast nowadays. And what was funny just two years ago, now we're sort of cringing at. Right. So this is seven years old and, and it's a very, you know, James Gunn via Chris Pratt comedic tone. Right. But I'm like, you know, but this is this is great because it's it's everything that we loved about Marvel so far, like turned to 11. And at the end of it, Rosie was like, "Eh, that was good. That was okay." (laughs) What? (laughs) What didn't like what didn't land? And so we had we had a conversation afterwards that I thought was very illuminating. I found very, very uh, informative because. You know, my, my girlfriend's not the most um, expressive person. She, you know, she, she two, two, three words. That's her review. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. She said, I have a feeling her and I have a lot in common. I mean, I don't like, or at least my husband would say that her and I have a lot in common because often he'll say, so what do you think about that? Like, it was good. Like yes. that, that is what, that's what she gets. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so I found it's, it's much more, um, Things flow better if we sort of like ha- are able to have a conversation instead of me just asking her like, "What did you think?" You know, give give me your essay that you've that in my brain you should have been writing this whole time while we're watching this movie. Um, <laughs> and so, a couple things. Um, one, I guess you know, she said it's it feels very sci-fi, and it's a it's a hard left turn after Captain America: Winter Soldier. True. 
And I said, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Captain America Winter Soldier is this very street level, grounded, you know, spy kind of thriller, you know, kind of thing infused with superheroes. And it's, it's, and they literally ground shield, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. And strip everything away. Captain America doesn't have shield, you know, doesn't have the whole, you know, apparatus behind him on this adventure where he sort of goes rogue. And, you know, by the end of it, you know, Fury doesn't even have his fucking eye patch anymore. Like it's, it's really, they have to break into facilities and stuff. And then to go from that to like this cosmic comedy action comedy is, you know, she said it was, it was kind of jarring. And what she kept going back to was the, she also, she did say that the, you know, the comedy felt a little silly mm-hmm. and she said, you know, it was hard for me to take this seriously. Interesting. It's like, I never really felt like the characters were in danger or peril. Interesting. It just, it just seemed kind of goofy. And uh, I said, okay, I, I, you know, that I could see that. Um, she's like, yeah, it just, it didn't, she said, you know, he, Star-Lord seemed to really care a lot about that that Walkman and that awesome mix, Volume 1, except that he didn't. Like, he didn't really seem like he was that worried about it, except for, like, when it went missing that one time. But then even when he comes back, he just kind of, like, tosses it to the side and we don't see it again for the rest of the movie. She's like, that just, that just it wasn't enough. Like, that mm-hmm. seemed weird. And uh, I said, well, what, what, would you, what do you wish you, you could have seen more of? That you didn't get in this movie. And she said, you know, when Gamora, she, she's like, it, it just, I didn't care enough about the characters. Okay. They, she's like, with Captain America, like, there's there's a lot of, like, uh, uh, pathos there. Mm-hmm. And, and with Iron Man, obviously, like, there's a lot going on. And she's like, after the first scene where we see Peter Quill's mom die... I felt that was very emotional. She's like, that brought me to tears like instantly. And I thought, Oh my God, we're, we're in for this like really heavy, like dramatic thing. This is going to be great. And then it's just goofy after that. <laughs> right, right, right. And uh, I was like, wow. Yeah. I never really thought about that. It was it not enough. Like that, that was supposed to be the emotional hook of the character. Right. Mm-hmm. That like, yeah, he's goofy, but because it's because he's like in a state of arrested development where, you know, he experiences this trauma where he's a kid and then he's kind of stuck there for the rest of the movie. And we see him sort of exhibit that and then, you know, grow out of that a little bit by the end of the movie. Right. And she's just like, it just wasn't enough. We just got that little bit and then, you know, not enough after that. Uh, I said, okay, what about the rest of the characters? And she's like, yeah, besides the green lady, <laughs> she's like, I didn't really, I go, well, let's, let's go through a checklist of, um, of sad stories. <laughs> I said, okay, <laughs> Peter Quill. Okay. His, his mom dies of cancer in the opening scene. Uh, and then he's abducted. Spoilers. Uh, Gamora. Uh, she's, uh, you know, she talks about how fan this, this, this bad guy called Thanos that really we really don't know anything about yet um, abducted her from her homeworld, but also like killed her family, her parents in front of her. And she goes, yeah, you know, if they, I wish they had shown us that in a flashback or something. 
<laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> Joe, you have no idea how hard it was for me to hold back in that moment. She's like, I wish they had shown us that in a flashback. Oh, but maybe she was a baby and she doesn't. I don't know. I just wish they had shown us that. That would have been cool to see. Uh, I said, okay, what about um, Drax the Destroyer? And she goes, oh, yeah. What ha- I think like. Somebody, the 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 guy that keeps shouting, uh, he killed his family, right? I go, yeah. Uh, Ronan the Accuser killed Drax's wife and child. Uh, what about Raccoon? And she's like, oh yeah, he was like experimented on, and he's really fucked up from that. And I go, yeah, exactly. And then Groot's just Groot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I go, even even Nebula, right? And she goes, who the fuck is Nebula? I'm like, <laughs> the cyborg. It's Gamora's sister. And she's like, oh right, right, right. I go. Her, what about her? What's her sad story? And she's like, well, she seems like the unwanted child. Like She just seems like she's not living up to Gamora at all. I go, exactly. I go, so they all do have a sad story, but do you feel like those emotional linchpins are just not enough? She's like, yeah, it was a lot of characters to meet all at once in a brand new movie. That's what I was thinking. Up until now, she's been introduced to this trickle of one or two characters at a time, and I've been allowed to really invest in their um, in their story and their background and everything else. And then all of a sudden, you take five characters, six characters, and just throw them at her. I, I see where that would be a little bit abrasive, considering the pace of everything else before then. Exactly. And the tone. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, if you want me to invest in all these characters, let's go. Like build that emotional investment. But she's like, it just seemed like they just gave us a tiny bit. They just touched on each thing. So does she realize the next movie is the second one of these? <laughs> is she ready yeah. for another one of these? Yeah, exactly. I said, look, we're gonna do another one of these because here's the one question she had at the end of Guardians. Uh huh. Who is Peter Quill's dad? Oh, nice. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll have to we'll see if they we'll see if they tell us. But let's watch another movie, shall we? Yeah, exactly. So I said, okay, we're gonna do another one of these, and then we're gonna go back to the Avengers. And she said, Oh, we are. I said, Yeah, we're watching Avengers 2 after the second one of these. And she's like, Okay, great. Uh she did also say, um, uh, God, what was it? It was, on, it was right in my head just now. Um, oh, oh, I, I did have to do a little bit of, of kind of a re like refreshing before we put on guardians. I said, look, this is going to be a whole new cast of characters. It doesn't really continue from what we've been watching. So just, you know, prepare yourself for that. Cause we're not watching trailers or anything. And, you know, usually by the time you're sitting down and watch a movie, you've seen, even if you're not a comic book fan, you've seen the trailers. So, you know, right. You know who the characters are. Yeah. And so, well, you, you've seen them and, and you know what kind of tone to expect, hopefully, if the trailer's doing its job, right? Right, right. Um, and so I said, okay, in this movie, really the only person that we're going to see in this movie that we've seen before is Ronan. And she's like, who the fuck is Ronan? I said, <laughs> he was in Captain Marvel. And she's like, I don't remember. I go, you don't remember like the... Like the Kree like was trying to get Captain Marvel back because they wanted her power. And she's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I go, I remember like when things got really dire, they called in this dude who was like the big guns. He was like the SWAT team for the Kree. And he just wanted to come in and blow everything up. 
And she's like, oh, kind of. I think, can, can I see that? So I went onto YouTube and I just searched like Captain Marvel Ronin scenes. And then we looked at that. It's like a super cut of like his his lines in that movie. And she's like, oh, okay, yeah, I remember. Like he he comes in and, you know, at first they're like, no, 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 Ronan, Ronan, chill. Like we got this. Like don't just blow up the planet yet. Like right. we, you know, give Jude Law's, you know, Kree character a chance to go in and, and get her back before you just destroy the planet. And he's like, fine, but I'm waiting. So he's like positioned to for for his, um, for his ra- radical, you know, uh, um, version or evolution right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because um at the end of the movie when he does come back to to fuck shit up by this point carol is fully powered and so she just like totally blows up his whole spaceship armada and faces him and he goes "Mm, maybe we should go away (laughs) and And, i'm out (laughs) yeah exactly and then he says we'll be back uh, for the weapon and his underling says, oh, do you mean the the Tesseract or whatever? And he goes, no, I mean the woman. And then he leaves. And so when we see him again in Guardians, now he's radicalized. Like now he's, you know, Kree has signed a peace treaty with the Xandarians and he's like, fuck that. You know, I want to kill Xandar as a planet and I don't, you know, I, he's broken off. He's a, he's a radical faction now of Kree. Right. And so she's like, oh, okay, okay, cool. So that, and, but then I totally forgot this, man. Guardians is where we first actually meet Thanos. Right. It's his first speaking lines. Yeah. And we get explained the fucking Infinity Stones. So it's now just starting to kind of, um, like the, the bigger picture is starting to be painted. Yes. Yes. But this is what worries me. <laughs> she said... It just, she, she said, you know, the sci-fi thing, she's like, I don't know if that's my bag. She's like, I like how all these movies until now were kind of like earthbound mm-hmm. and grounded. And she's like, this whole different planets and different worlds and stuff. She's like, that just felt like a lot. Like, I don't know. I just, I just want them to be on earth. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to lose her at the time travel. Oh, Joe. Oh, I'm, we're gonna I'm lose a little worried. I'm a little worried <laughs> because I'm like, well, here's the thing, right? It's a cosmic story that is being told, and so for again, for us, Guardians, it makes so much sense now looking back at when you know when when Guardians was announced, and we were like, what the why the fuck are they doing that? Right. It's because they're like, can we tell this cosmic story or not? Because if Guardians hadn't gone over well, they could have they could have taken. Captain America and the Avengers and, and Iron Man in a different direction. They didn't have to keep pulling on that Tesseract thread. Right. By that point, they could have said, well, let's just do civil war and maybe something else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I like, I think we're very lucky that the puzzle pieces fit the way they did because the, the story that comes out at the end is so amazing, but right. My, my, like, as you're talking about this, I, I, a couple things have come up to mind. Um, the fact that you were not as, um, impressed or enjoyed, did not enjoy guardians as much as you remember. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it's like we were talking about with, your paintings earlier in the episode, it's like when you walk away from something, you, you leave it with expectations. Yes. And so 
our expectations of Guardians of the Galaxy were high because we came into them with them so low. Yes. And yes. So, and so we were like, oh my God, this is amazing because we had no expectations and exceeded yes. anything we could have expected. And then you remember it being that high. And then when you come back and it's just what it is, you're like, oh, okay. Yes. The expectations going in were at zero. <laughs> there was trepidation, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There was like, oh no, this might be the first Marvel flop. Remember? Right. Right. Our big thing was it looks like it's going to be fun. So let's just hope it's fun. Yes. Yes. And and here's another thing, Joe. I did some I did some digging, some Twitter research last night as I was going to bed and I just searching Guardians and just seeing where the where the conversation, I don't know, it's something I do. I like Twitter. I'm addicted. It turns out <laughs> this really surprised me. I don't know why I was surprised. It turns out there's there's a there's a um there's a faction of Marvel fans out there that really just are irritated by Guardians and James Gunn's uh, humor and uh, storytelling vibe. That's fair. Yeah, and and they tend to be not white, mm-hmm. and they tend to just say it, and and you know it feels like kind of it feels like bro humor kind of like mm-hmm. silly like you know um yeah it just doesn't it it's it's not our brand of humor and reading that i was like oh that that makes sense to me right absolutely uh and so i i was uh, you know i just love seeing things from different people's perspectives i just i feel like it really stretches me mm-hmm. to go like why would why would that you know, I feel this way about this. Why would this person feel differently? And then you see why, and you go, "Fuck, that fucking makes sense." <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, I mean, by the end of this whole series, by the by the end of the Infinity Stone storyline, Peter Quill is one of my least favorite characters in the Marvel universe. Yes, like you just like like when you're when he's sitting there and he, he like like yelling at Thanos, it's just like you dumbass. Yes. This is like this like 90% of this is your fault. <laughs> I love that people saw that coming, not in terms of that story moment, but in terms of this character. Yeah. From the beginning, apparently, people were like, yeah, I don't know. Why do you like that guy? I don't think no. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit, you called it. Um uh, and kudos to the Russo brothers for figuring that out about that character and, and doing that. Um he, so here's here. <laughs> Here's my my theory about what you know Guardians of the Galaxy the humor Chris Pratt Chris Pratt I had high hopes for Guardians because before we started watching uh uh in this rewatch I mean I had high hopes for Guardians of the Galaxy in this rewatch because before we started watching the Marvel movies uh I introduced Rosie to Parks and Rec and she's a massive fan of The Office. And I said, you must love Parks and Rec as well. And she's like, what's that? I, I, no, she didn't say what's that. She said, oh, no, I've never. I've heard people have recommended it to me, but I've never seen it. And so we watched it and she fell in love with that show. And if you love Parks and Rec, chances are you love Andy Dwyer, which is Chris, Chris Pratt's character on Parks and Rec. And I said, you know, we're going to watch some Marvel movies next. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm excited for that. You keep talking about it. Uh, I'm ready. And I said, by the way, 
Chris Pratt is a major character in the Marvel movies. And she's like, what? <laughs> like you're combining, <laughs> you're combining Parks and Rec with Marvel? Like, are you kidding me? Like, yes, let's, like, I can't wait. When does that happen, right? Uh-huh. So I thought, oh, this is going to be great. Like, <laughs> this is awesome. Um, but something that that I thought about as I was falling asleep last night, um, Andy Dwyer is the Incredible Hulk of Parks and Rec. Okay. Andy Dwyer's character works in Parks and Rec because he's not the main character of Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. And if his humor is very, uh, um, it's over the top mm-hmm. and it's used, it's deployed in just the right way in Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec is the Lo- Leslie Nope show. Mm-hmm. And everyone else is sort of a, a supporting player. And Andy especially, they just sort of like deploy his lines and his scenes in a way that you get just enough. It leaves you wanting a little bit more. And it's just fucking great in that way. It just works. But as somebody who loves Parks and Rec, you know, my least favorite episode of Parks and Rec is the in, – in, it's not really spoilers, so don't worry um, – <laughs> In the last season of Parks and Rec, we get a, a an episode that is uh, totally built around uh, um, Chris Pratt's character of Andy Dwyer, and that is just too much for me. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just skip. I just skip that episode when I rewatch Parks and Rec, and I realized last night when Rosie was like, "Yeah, it was really. It was just a lot of that humor. Like, I wish." They wouldn't have undercut some of those scenes with his brand of goofy, immature humor. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's the Hulk. Yeah. Like when you give the Hulk his whole movie, it's just it's not that um, engaging after a while. But when you use the Hulk in the Avengers and just kind of sparingly, he has a huge impact on the story. And, And Guardians of the Galaxy is is. Andy Dwyer's movie. He's the main character. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a very good point. So it's just too much. Yeah. Oh, and you have to get And honestly, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 was fun. It was not. Like, it would go into my lower half of my movie choices. That's interesting. See, so I love it, but I love it for Gamora's storyline. Yeah. And the whole like reconciling with siblings that that have grown up together in a in a toxic family, mm-hmm. in a in a you know a destructive or maybe abusive. I mean, Thanos is straight out abusive to his you know to, <laughs> to his, do- his adopted daughters, but oh, yeah. um, you know, and and how they they sort of process that experience and and come together, you know, as sisters. That I fucking love that storyline in in Guardians of the Galaxy two, uh, and that's one of the reasons why I enjoyed that movie so much. So yeah, it's man, I had never thought of Guardians this way. Oh, Sorry, I'm gonna. That's, <laughs> <laughs> we got a special all, guest. All, Ollie has Ollie has uh, <laughs> has feelings about Guardians. <laughs> He um, felt left out. He felt left out from our uh, pet that. stories. It's more, to, more to do with the fact that there's people across the street looking at a really cool car. <laughs> he does not like people in our front yard. He's like, what are you doing? And then, of course, we've got this. Okay. So 
we have this very vibrant colored front door. It's it's a very common thing in Palm Springs. I may have mentioned it on here. Mm. Um, that it started with the there's a a house a couple blocks away from us that's called the Pink Door House. <laughs> and people will like literally take we, we know the people who live in the house across the street from it. And he will take pictures of people taking pictures of the door because it's just so ridiculous. Like people will, will do their engagement pictures in front of this door. Whoa. It's private is private property. Like it's but it's a pink. Door. <laughs> and so if you go on to and maybe I'm saying too much about um, about me. Uh, so don't come stalk me. But there is a site out there about palm springs doors and so the ones that have like the kind of craziest colors on them are wow site and so it's like you can do a crazy palm springs door tour and somebody has put our house on this page no way and so because because our 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 door is the door got it um (laughs) and and so there's literally I'd say two to three times a week, somebody comes and takes pictures of our door. <laughs> and Ollie just has had, like, he will have none of it. Like, he's yeah. like, how dare you come up onto my property and take your pictures of my door? Like, no. Yeah. And so we always know when there's, and they will come right up to the door, like to like ring the doorbell close to the door. <laughs> I want to be, I want to timestamp this. this is, we're at 40 minutes right now because uh, I think it would be appropriate and hilarious for you to go back and just bleep out when you say the color of your door. Yeah, I might have to. <laughs> That'll be great. I think uh, appropriate and hilarious. I think <laughs> That's a very just to good... just to keep people guessing. Hopefully not, but you know, <laughs> kind of like a Beatrix kiddo kind of Kill Bill situation. <laughs> That's wow. Yeah, I could see. I would. You know what, Ollie? I'm right there with you. What the fuck? Hey, no. What do you get, get away? You're too close. <laughs> yeah, it's just way, it's way too much. It's way too much. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, uh, the, the, there's people like I, I'd say at least two or three times a week we'll drive past our house and take a picture of the door. <laughs> and it's not even like it's a cool color door, but it's not yeah. all that. Like it's yeah. just a door. But anyway, so okay, so now coming up, she's got you've got Age of Ultron, which is not well. We already said we've talked about Guardians of the Galaxy too. Yes, um, Age of Ultron, which is controversial, not everybody's favorite um, Avengers movie. Yes, though it is definitely one of mine. Um, so there's that, and Ant Man. So you're you're running the gauntlet right now, my friend. Like this was the like Guardians of the Galaxy. If she didn't like Guardians of the Galaxy, you've got two of the more controversial as far as people liking them or not movies coming up because you've got Avengers it's all trying and you've got Ant-Man. Yeah, you know, um exactly. But I, I gotta say I've given up I've given up trying to predict what's what is gonna land and how it's gonna land. Because uh-huh. what I'll do is as soon as credits roll, I'll turn to Rosie and say a lot of people did not like that movie. And she'll go, what? <laughs> Why? That movie was great. And I've also turned to her and said, that movie was, that's one of one of the favorites. And she'll go, really? Why? <laughs> so I just, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. I think that uh, definitely she said <laughs> more than once after, after we watched Guardians of the Galaxy, Joe, more than once she said, I love Iron Man. <laughs> I love Iron Man. I just love Iron Man. But um, 
And, you know, Iron Man 3, of course, one of my favorites, very divisive, as I said. People don't like how the Mandarin was treated. She doesn't give a fuck about any of that. <laughs> well, here's my question, though, because now she, you said she liked and, and you enjoyed uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. Oh, Joe. So I, has, has that changed her opinion of Captain America a little bit? Because she was very lukewarm with him. Yes, yes. But I, th- I think we got a Bucky stand on our hands. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I think it's uh, I think it's happening. I think that's I'm, awesome. I think I'm watching the birth of a new, or the genesis of a new Bucky Stan. <laughs> my my girlfriend is a Pisces. People, <laughs> she, you have to explain what that is. I don't know. I don't know Pisces very well. She uh, she gravitates towards the the heartbreak, towards the the emo factor of trauma and just destroy oh, she's always trying to save people yes she she yes she she <laughs> she loves a sad story loves gotcha. gotcha um so you know she just wants to just just give someone a hug that needs it you know oh that super soldier was brainwashed <laughs> and lost his arm Someone just needs to hug him. Um, and, and, and honestly, after uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which we won't talk about, I'm trying very hard not to bring it up, but oh my God. <laughs> oh my uh, God. I've got to oh say, God. I think there's a lot of us who would like to uh, <laughs> <a> hug. <laughs> right, right. One on each leg. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, I really wish now after the fact, I kind of blew it here. You know, you know, you can go onto YouTube and you can watch reaction videos, like reaction to kids, you know, watching Empire Strikes Back and learning that, you know, who Luke's father is. Right. And reaction videos to Game of Thrones, the infamous Red Wedding, right? Uh-huh. I so wish I would have recorded her reaction to the reveal that the Winter Soldier was Bucky. Oh, wow. It was, she flip out? It was so satisfying to watch her reaction to that, Joe. She, I mean, mouth agape. Just flab, just completely taken by, just shock. Just taken by utter surprise and shock. Her mouth was open, completely, w- eyes wide, just staring at the screen. <laughs> For like a full minute. Because you and I would have never had that. Like that is an experience we just would not have been able to have ever. 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 No. Yeah. Because I mean, they're like, we knew when when it was announced. Oh, yeah. It's going to be Bucky. Yeah. Because it's a famous comic book storyline. Even if you haven't read it, you know. Yeah. It's the it's the infamous storyline that broke the only Bucky stays dead <laughs> rule. Right. Right. Because you know he hadn't shown up as a ghost or a hologram fifty thousand times before. It yeah, then. yeah. Um, so yeah, she it, it just it she had she did not expect that at all. She was already like the first time the Winter Soldier shows up. In Captain America, she goes, "Oh shit! Like who the fuck is that? That like that dude looks scary." It's when Nick Fury, you know, is under attack, and we're thinking that he got away in the car chase, uh-huh. and we're like, "Oh yeah, because he's fucking Nick Fury. That's right. Like he's gonna figure out a way out of this." And then out of the the distant smoke, you see the Winter Soldier standing in the middle of the road, 
with Nick Fury's car barreling down on him. And he then, and the Winter Soldier doesn't seem at all worried about this. No. And just that in and of itself, you go, oh shit, who's this badass that like doesn't, you know, is not panicked whatsoever. Uh, and then when you see him again, when, when Steve confronts him for the first time and tosses his shield at him and he turns around and catches the shield. Oh, dude, she was like that. Those scenes were working so well on her. <laughs> she was like, oh, my God, who is that? Like, what is going on? So when it's revealed that it's Bucky, I mean, she was on the verge of tears, just like, staring in silence at the, at the screen. She couldn't believe it. It took her a full two minutes to process as the movie went on. And that's, so by that's so awesome. Yeah, by the end of it, she was like, that poor man. <laughs> <laughs> that poor man is a stone series coming up. You got lots more of him. <laughs> yep. Yep. So she's all in on that. She yes, yes, she, you know, Steve has a great story going at this point, as we all know, and she's acknowledging that. She's into it. Uh she she wants more Bucky. I think she okay. she hasn't said that, but I can see it. It's I've I've lost her. Folks. All right, so so can we can we just like if I don't know how you do this, but can you record? You have to record her reaction to the end of Infinity War. Oh, you have like if if this is something you really want to do, you really want to like for for posterity. Oh, record this reaction because she has no idea what's coming. She has no idea who's going. She has no idea if they're coming back. Right. Like you have to record. Like if you're going to, like I'm like I'm not saying you have to, but I'm like if you're going to record anything, yeah, you're right. That's what you got to record. You're right. You're right. And you know what else? You know what I think I'm going to record before that. Uh, she doesn't know that Bucky killed Tony's parents. Oh God. And she's a huge she's a huge Iron Man fan. That's her favorite character. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. God, you could have done an entire documentary series <laughs> on this. Like you seriously could have just like filmed the whole thing and all of us would have been watching it because we were just like we we want to see this world through your eyes for the very first time. It's I'm I'm it's it's a gift. She's giving me a gift, honestly. Like <laughs> I can't tell you how much enjoyment I'm getting out of this. But, you know, I am a little nervous because things are things get cosmic very quickly in phase 3. Right. Well, and you're and like I said, you're running the gauntlet. You've got you've got Guardians of the Galaxy. She didn't like Guardians of the Galaxy one that much. You've got Guardians of the Galaxy two. You've got Ultron, and you've got Ant Man. So well, you've got three that you're going to have to get through that are going to be more kind of universally <sighs> lukewarm. Here's the thing. Okay, Guardians two. We get way more pathos in that movie for every character. True. For every character. So I think I think we're going to I I, I think that's gonna that that's what I'm holding on to right now. We'll see. Right. Well, and and if I'm sorry, if you don't absolutely love the interactions between Mantis and Drax, exactly. Then you're not you're not. <laughs> are you okay? Let me. Who's hurt you? <laughs> yes, exactly. That's that's the image that I have in my head is those scenes and to see how they play. Um, now with Age of Ultron. Honestly, man, all bets are off. I don't even know. 
I think that the fact that the genesis of that villain is tied so directly to Tony, I think is is going to be a, a, a nice linchpin there for her. Yeah, it very much is an Iron Man movie. Yes, exactly. And so it's not really a, it's really not a Captain America movie. No, right, exactly. And so of course, you know, the first question she had for me after we watched the first Iron Man movie is how many how many of these do we get? <laughs> right, right. And I'm like, well, it's you kind of you really can't count it that way, you know? Yeah. Um, they all start blending together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so and also she's, you know, she's heard a lot about Wanda so far. She's very aware of the character. She doesn't have any any concrete info yet. Mm-hmm. But at the very end of um I think is it Thor 2 or maybe it's Captain America the Winter Soldier, we get a, a Baron von Strucker scene. Uh-huh. With, you know, yeah, it's the end of, of Winter Soldier. And, you know, someone's saying, oh, no, S.H.I.E.L.D. is gone. And he's like, so what? We've got HYDRA, you know, working in other parts of the world. And, you know, it's it's no longer the age of heroes. It's the age of miracles. And we get the first shot of Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. And she goes, whoa, who's that? And then they show the close-up and I go, there's Wanda. And she goes, oh, so like she's aware of the character, but she doesn't really know anything concrete yet. So that could, you know, again, when it comes to Age of Ultron, I don't know, man. It, <laughs> I, I can't really predict where, where how it's going to land. Right. Well, and I'm, I'm hoping, because and again, I have to go back and do rewatches, but I remember Ant-Man being one of my favorites just because I love the tone and I love Paul Rudd. And it just, so I, that's, that's the one that since the beginning of this rewatch, I've got my fingers crossed mm. <laughs> that she's not going to hate that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm a little sad because I have my fingers crossed for another movie and I'm, I don't think it's going to go. I'm already bracing myself for the worst. Doctor Strange? No, Thor Ragnarok. Uh-oh. Because that is a very uh, different movie than the first two. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very. And so, okay, I, 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 let's see if I can bring this up real quick. Um, I defer to... <laughs> um one of the one of my favorite Twitter follows. Uh let's see. Uh great podcasting, of course, as always. We're we're on it on this show. <laughs> um it, I've mentioned her before on this podcast because she truly is one of my favorite follows. Uh her name is Zahira Kelly. She goes by Bad Dominicana on Twitter and uh, she's very vocal <laughs> about her feelings about, and I love it because she always, always, always brings a very unapologetic, uh, insightful um, lens to things that I enjoy, like the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. And she said, uh, <laughs> where is it? God damn it. I'm like, see, this is the thing is that I go through my likes and then I realize, like, I'm always on Twitter. So even when There's I think, a lot of likes, <laughs> even when I think I just liked something just recently, no, I did not like something just recently. Uh, <laughs> I have to scroll through a lot. Bad Domini, Dominicana. 
I, and also translating things from Spanish to English in my head does not go as fast as people might think. <laughs> <laughs> it really does not. Bad Dominicana Guardians. Here it is. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy succeeds only at making me want to throw a shoe at the screen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then later on she says, so Thor Ragnarok is a comedy or something. Girl, I guess. And then she follows that up with, oh my God, Ragnarok is Guardians of the Galaxy type humor. Why did y'all tell me this was good? You're all fired. <laughs> so I'm going, oh a, no. This is not an unusual reaction. Right. That's true. That's that's true. But I'm going like, damn, Ragnarok is my my maybe my favorite movie. It definitely up there, one or two. And, and I'm thinking if, you know, if Rosie didn't enjoy Guardians and that type of humor, oh, no. <laughs> well, it's because it's very off-world. It's very Kirby and bright and goofy. So we'll see, you know. I, uh, you know what? Let me give a quick caveat at the end of all this because I feel like we're wrapping up soon. Um, thank you. You've let me kind of go on and on about this for so long. Uh, I, I, we have had so many comments about people like, like they, we're all now invested in Rosie's experience. Okay, good. I appreciate that. Everyone. I appreciate that. Um, I, <laughs> I'm of the mind. I have, to, I have to be careful how I phrase this. I am of the mind that Rosie was falling asleep last night through part of the second half of the movie. Okay. She maintains that she was not. So I could be very wrong about this, and I probably am. But uh, I I could have sworn that as I looked over a few times, I saw eyes glazing over, heavy eyelids. Uh, you know, she is very beautiful and has beautiful heavy eyelids just naturally. So it might, <laughs> <laughs> it might just be, you know, the benefits of, of her genetics. But um, – I, I definitely thought that I had noted some some glazed eyes and heavy eyelids uh, at the second half of that movie last night. So maybe I just didn't give Guardians a, a proper chance and uh -huh. put it on. We put it on too late. You know, maybe she was in and out of the story. She she maintains she was not, and she's probably right. So there there could be that. Maybe I'm just we'll, clinging to some hope. <laughs> we'll start start Guardians two a little earlier in the day. <laughs> <laughs> See if yeah. that helps. <laughs> definitely, yes, definitely. Uh, so if if she's in, if she's invested, I mean, by then she's invested in so many of these characters. I mean, she she knows Thor. She knows she she will know the Hulk by then. I mean, yep. she's gotten some of that from Avengers. Yep. Um. So we also yeah. watched the Incredible Hulk. Right, but you know, it's not the <laughs> Ruffalo is a completely different creature. Yeah, that's so. He true. really is. Like he just brings such a weird awkward dynamic to the whole thing that yep. Edward Norton did, did not. Yeah, absolutely true. So yeah, this has been, uh, this is a lot of fun. And you know, I tell you, I'm telling you, Joe, I'm not, you know, not having to push this in the slightest, which is great. I'm really grateful for her. Not that I really would, if she wasn't enjoying this, whatever we did, but you know, I ask her pretty much every, almost every day it comes down to, Hey, so what do you feel like watching? You know, you want to watch a romantic comedy? You want to watch, you know, some, uh, some stand up. you know, and she's like, either we're either doing Mad Men or Marvel. And I said, okay. Nice. <laughs> that's, nice. That's, have you gotten to the, have you gotten to my favorite episode in, in Mad Men yet? Where, where they have to call, uh, uh, 
Joan back in to uh, to save their asses when they sell the company. Oh yeah, that oh, that's that's my favorite 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 episode of my favorite scene. Which comes in, she's like, "All right, boys, yep. do this." The title of that episode is "Shut the Door, Have a Seat." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's that. She's re- she's enjoying Mad Men so much that she's already mourning the show, even though it, it's we're not even we're like halfway through. Well, I I personally, and maybe you disagree with me. I think I think that last season will will undo some of that because <laughs> I feel that last season it was kind of like, oh god, you guys just need to you need to end the series. Like, stop, you're, you're hurt, you're hurting it. Stop. <laughs> oh man, I love that show through and through to the bitter end. Every I think even the last season. But uh, yeah, that's 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 been really enjoyable and interesting to watch, um, and it's a funny thing to go back and forth between that and Marvel. But that's what she wants to watch right now. She's it's like, when are we watching the next one? When are we watching the next one? So yeah, and 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 still the parallels or or I should say <laughs> differences to DC movies are very stark. So yeah. Yeah, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine coming into all of this completely new and and what like it's this well, is this so is, entertaining. This is so ridiculously entertaining to listen to her reaction. This is what I asked last night. I posed this question. I said, "Okay, so you know, we've we've discussed the DC movies and you've described them as sort of like too traumatized that they the point that they cause you anxiety." Right. right? But it sounds like Guardians of the Galaxy was too light and too goofy. And it sounds like you kind of wanted a little bit more of that, like, heavy sort of, like, you know, emotional story. Would you say that the the rest of the Marvel movies have have split the difference there and that's why you enjoy them so much? Like, there is that, you know, uh, uh, heavy emotional quality, but they're still fun. And her response was, no, I would say Marvel is closer. The other Marvel movies are closer to Guardians than they are from DC. DC is just like way off on the deep end by themselves over there. Right, right. Well, see, they don't like the characters are just never connected. They just don't feel like a family. They don't feel like they're they care about each other. They don't feel like you like it's hard to invest in them when they don't invest in each other. Right, right. I, I got to say, man, you know, I, I would have never a couple years ago. I would have looked at people that, you know, didn't really enjoy the hell out of Guardians and just be like, I just, I don't understand you. What? And now I'm like, <laughs> and now I'm like, I, I get it. I, I totally get it. I still liked it overall, obviously, but yeah, I, I totally get it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, like, I, I, I think we will, we, will, we will continue to do these when we don't have a lot to, to talk about. I think we're, <laughs> Ray and I are just biding our time to get to next week's Falcon Winter Soldier finale <laughs> because I have so many things. So oh my many God. things. Oh, my God, Joe. There's Episode so many things. five. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's so I, much I to could, talk about. I, I posted on Twitter. I was so wrong about the cameo. <laughs> But I am so okay with being wrong. Yeah. I I am so okay with being wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a great – so exciting. All right. We're not going to get into that um, <laughs> because then it's going to be another half hour. Um, all right. So, well, next, next week we are doing part three of our Falcon Winter Soldier discussion. That's what we were talking about. There's loads of stuff that we have to talk about because not only did there – was there a lot of stuff that happened – this week, but the conversations we've been having on Slack are just crazy go nuts. So please, by all means, uh, 
go over there, check us out, put in your two cents. We're, we're having a great time, a great discussion, talking about all different things. Yep. Uh, shout outs. Uh, we are five episodes away, everyone. Five episodes away from the episode 200 celebration. <laughs> uh, we've got some ideas of how we're going to do it, but if you want to start sending like little notes, little things you'd like us to feature on that episode, like questions, you know, questions, well wishes, whatever it happens to be, now is the time to start sending that stuff in so that I can start collecting it and we can get it ready for episode 200. So make sure that that's there. And then I would like to send a shout out to Chelsea because <laughs> you said something this week that made me so happy. Apparently she heard somebody say something about, and then they doubled down. <laughs> and she says, every time she hears that now, she hears me say, and we know how we feel about people who double down. <laughs> <laughs> so that makes me so happy that I have now, I now feel like I have a catchphrase and I'm okay with that being my catchphrase. That's cool. My shout out goes to another of our uh, Slack buddies. And that is Lyle. Uh, I thought, he kicked off a really great conversation about Captain, uh, about about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and about uh, this version of Captain America. And God, when I tell you that I was that conversation that happened the other morning on Slack threw me off the rest of my day in the best way. <laughs> <laughs> I just really had geek brain for the rest of the day. Uh, and it was a really awesome conversation. And uh, thanks to Lyle for kicking it off with his thoughts. I, I think it's funny because I know you. We we know each other pretty well. We've we've been in debates. We've we've disagreed on things. We've disagreed with other people. <laughs> we've tag teamed. Yeah. Um, and it's so funny because I think it, it, like you were you were going back and forth with Rob, and then at one point you just go, "Oh, I want to debate this with you," and it's like. <laughs> Anybody who doesn't know Ray, if you're just reading the text, I can see somebody going, he's getting so upset. And I'm like, no, he's getting into it. Yeah, that's, like, that's, that's the difference. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's not upset. He's just into it. I thought about that afterwards, too. I thought, oh, someone that doesn't know me is going to take that wrong. But I don't know how to not be myself. You know what I mean? No, like, no, it's it's, it's cool. not. Yeah, like I'm never angry. Like I'm not, you know, that's at what all. I think that, that line said was just like, oh, I'm so excited about debating this with you. And it's like. Yeah, no, you got to understand, guys. This is just Ray, like, getting really into it. Like, he's got opinions. You can tell them to you. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. That's so true. It's, it's I, you know, I definitely have been told um, in in person, in, in real life, that I have, um, I guess, the, the male equivalent of resting bee face. I don't know what that would be, would be called. I know there's a, there's a term for it. But uh, I definitely have angry face. And that's just my face. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't mean to look angry all the time, but I think I just kind of have those kind of features. And somehow, apparently, that comes through even not in real life. <laughs> People just assume I'm upset, and I'm really not. Like I'm, I'm totally. I don't do anything that I don't enjoy. So <laughs> I'm enjoying right, right. it immensely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that was yeah. I, I, and I've thought about that. You know, for a while, Joe, I didn't. I wasn't really that active on Slack for a long time. And sometimes it's like, oh, I have to, you know, when I'm going to be around a bunch of people that I don't know and that don't know me, you, you kind of have to go into like first date mode, right? You know yeah, what I'm talking yeah. About. <laughs> and that's really hard sometimes, you know, that can be exhausting. And so I'm really glad that I've, you know, um, 
started to be more active on Slack. Uh, and I just, you know, I, if it ever seems like I'm upset or anything, just I'm not. <laughs> and also, and also call me out, like engage me. Like you'll, you'll see that I'm, you know, I'm definitely having a great time and laughing and smiling during, you know, whatever geeky interactions that we're having. Last, last really, really quick. Cause I know we're running long, but really quick, uh, Ray story. So it was, it was the, the 2016, we were lead up to the 2016 election and, uh, my friend Kelly Hightower and I were on Facebook and we were talking about, um, uh, voting, voting third party. And you know the problems with voting through parliament. <laughs> Ray slides into the conversation, oh, states some very strong points. Oh God! And, and Kelly start going back and forth. Oh God! And I had to step in and go, no, 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 no. The two of you were on each other's side. <laughs> and so I think I think Ray, you were on our first episode of State of the Geek when we were doing that. Kelly and I had a had an episode or had a. A show called State of the Geek where we were all political and and then we just stopped doing it because it was just making us feel bad. <laughs> um, but uh, like she was like, "Really, this Ray guy? This Ray?" I'm like, "No, trust me, you'll." <laughs> <laughs> and afterwards, like I think they they did what Kelly and I did the first time we met, and they ended up like talking like an hour and a half after the episode was <laughs> over. I have some very uh, everything that I say is unapologetic. Yeah. So that's, I think that's the thing that comes across is that I'm going to say what I say and I might, you know, um, I, I'm not saying it in a way of like, this is the final word, but I am unapologetic. And I think, and I find that that helps because so often I think I've, I've, and I don't know, I don't know how many more people I want to speak for at this moment, but I do feel like we are made to apologize, you know, in times when we don't, when we shouldn't or, or, or even, and I know this, this, you know, kind of rubs people the wrong way, but I feel like we're even asked to have empathy at times where I'm like, yes, empathy is a good thing, but be careful of who you're asking for empathy and when, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm never going to say that empathy is wrong or bad. We should all have more empathy, but to me, I'm very sensitive about the all lives matter approach, <laughs> you know, right, or the, right, right, or the right, right. not all blank. Right. I just uh, don't. Well, uh, for, for a native Californian, you have a very East Coast way of presenting your argument. Holy shit. That's a great way to put it, Joe. Yeah, because I mean, believe me, I live with an East Coaster and, and he'll say things that just take me aback because I'm like, that was a declarative statement. <laughs> there was no, there was no opening for any rebuttal to that statement. That's and, a great point. And I feel like the California way is like, hey, we've got to, you know, let's 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 look at everything before we make any solid conclusions here. Right, right, yeah. And I'm just this is just how I state things. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, one last shout out uh, to my girlfriend for teaching me something new about something I love. I would have never, you know, that's so surprising and amazing. So thanks, Rosie. Awesome. Yes. Thanks, Rosie. You are, you are, you are driving content for this show. <laughs> we are loving it. Um, all the music in this episode is by Ben Sound is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geek2Tude is a proud member of the Geek2Geek Network. Check out our other Geek2Geek shows, the Geek2Geek Podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney Forever, You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, The Nerdberg Review, 
JRPGs and Me, Dragon Quest FM, As the Dice Roll, and sometimes Rob, and of course, our newest podcast, Mating Habits of the Modern Geek. And ladies and gentlemen, there is so much more going on in our Discord and our Slack, so it's not even limited to this anymore. There's mm-hmm. D&D content, there's streaming. Uh, check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J and Bamishox. Make sure to join us in Slack and Discord. We can find us, chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at geek2.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geek2.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Ray, where can we find you? Uh, basically where I reside on twitter.com these days. At uh, RayVargas3 is my Twitter handle, but it also functions as my profile at Instagram and Facebook. It's at RayVargas and then the number three. And if you want to take a look at my artwork, a, an update to my website is coming soon, I promise you, because I have a, a lot of new artwork that I'm producing currently. So that's going to be all at uh, RayVargas3.com. Beautiful. All right. Thank you guys for joining us. We are really stoked about reaching 200. We are really stoked about Falcon and Winter Soldier. So stick with us. Come back next week. And until then, remember this week, keep it geek.